Welcome to Drone Business Talk, the show where we discuss the business of unmanned aviation. Find out about the latest drone applications and trends as we talk to drone company CEOs, business owners, pilots, and thought leaders to reveal the status of the drone industry. Here is your host, Tom Verbrugge. Welcome to episode 21 of Drone Business Talk. We're back with our series on the pioneers of the drone industry, and today's guest is Michael, head of business development at the UAS Denmark Test Center. Welcome, Michael. How are you doing? Thank you, Leonard. I'm I'm doing fine, and it's uh, today. It's uh, really good weather here in Denmark for flying drones. So, I think uh, our uh, our users here at the test center are happy today. So it's been it's, it's been very windy this uh, January and February. So, uh, yeah. Did you did you also have the the storm? Because the last couple of days we had these these crazy storms here in uh, in Belgium. I think we ju- it just went south of uh, of here, but uh, yeah, it was w- very windy. Yeah, yeah, I think it was the windiest that it's ever been in Belgium since they measured or something. Um, all right, um, can you maybe introduce yourself and uh, and the UAS Denmark Test Center a little bit, Michael? Sure, I will. Uh, my name is Michael Larsen. I'm a, uh, originally a business economist. Uh, I worked uh, for some years in regional development and then was a little bit by coincidence uh, uh, put to work with uh, this airport where we are based, Hans Christian Andersen Airport, uh, as a kind of a, uh, you can say, turnaround project to see how could you revive such an, a regional airport that suddenly didn't have much uh, domestic traffic. And that was when the idea came up uh, and uh, to, to, to also look at the drone sector. And uh, yeah, apart from a two year break, I've been working here since uh, 2013. Um, and, and today, UAS Denmark Test Center is a three party collaboration between uh, the regional university, which is called University of Southern Denmark, uh, the city of Odense uh, and the airport uh, here. Uh, so it's not a like a formal company. So I'm uh, formally employed by, by the airport. We were established, uh, started out in 2013. And up to last year, we also uh, uh, had the national cluster or network for drone companies in Denmark at around 150 members. Uh, that has now been transferred to a new national supercluster, you can say, within robotics, called Odense Robotics. Uh, so we work closely together with them. But today, our business is only to develop, you can say, the local ecosystem here and and uh, the test and innovation facilities here uh, on site. Um, and we have different kind of operators here, uh, both on the user operator side, uh, but also companies. Uh, uh, developing drone technology payloads and so on uh, yeah so that's basically the uh, uh, who we are we have uh, a big airspace over land and sea that companies can use and, and book from day to day uh, we have lab facilities and so on and a small uh, business park where startups and companies can uh, uh, can work for permanently or, or just uh, shorter periods all right all right very nice um I think we before the interview um, and, and right now as well, you you told me that that you started about ten years ago. That probably makes the UAS Denmark Drone Test Center one of the first of its kind. Can you tell me a little bit more about how that was starting everything up 
in that very early stage? Yeah, I can try to remember. <laughs> um, so, so when we started out, the the sort of the basic idea was, I guess, the same as today. That uh, the industry at that point, even more than today, of course, needed regulation. It also needed to develop some key technologies and prove that they were safe and so on. Uh, it was really hard to to get flying at that point. So the industry needed a place to fly to demonstrate technology and to develop the regulation. And, and at an EU level, there was uh, there was this need, and and even at that point also uh, discussions about maybe uh, pointing out two or three European test centers as like you know official EU development centers, and that they abandoned this more you can say. Uh, uh, the idea and made it more, you could say, liberal, where these centered, centers then established. But that was the, the basic idea, um, and and I definitely think we we started we started out really early. Uh, also, you can say, uh, considering that Denmark doesn't, from the outset, have a natural base of uh, aerospace industry or. So so uh, the the customer base, you can say, was also at that point very limited. Um, so it was early days. And I remember still that journalists asking, you know, if, if you could be too early starting these uh, kind of initiatives. And I said, no, 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 it's, it's just the right time. And, uh, and of course, we, 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 we have been doing some, uh, it's, it's, it's been a long uh, uh, travel, you can say, from when we started out. But then again, uh, maybe we wouldn't be where we are today if, uh, if, uh, we had waited, you can say. Definitely, I think, and especially Denmark um, has a lot of potential, or had back then a lot of potential, and that's now being a bit more fulfilled, obviously, with with all the windmills, all the bridges, and all that stuff. There's a lot of infrastructure that needs maintenance and inspections. Um, if you compare it to Belgium, there's a, a lot bigger market for the drone industry. Just the the airspace industry wasn't there yet. In, in Denmark then. Um, what are some of the of the key evolution points that you saw over those 10 years? Were there some times that you thought, aha, now we've reached like a new phase within the drone industry? Uh, maybe it's, it's hard to point out, you know, uh, but but there, there definitely were some some uh, key points when you when you look back over the years. So one of the first, of course, was you know, even having a regulation that could be used. So that was one of the first uh, landmarks, I think, uh, that took some time, as it always does with, with regulation. Uh, but it sort of laid out the ground for getting started with the uh, operator approvals. With uh, we, we developed, actually, originally the, the, the Danish curriculum for, for the, uh, what do you say, the licenses, the, the, the operator licenses. So that was some of the the, the the starting points. Then at some point we we had a, a very interested political system in Denmark as well, um, and and uh, we developed a, a, a national drone strategy that was sort of going across different ministries and different areas, and that was supporting uh, use and development of drones. And I think that was a good push as well. It was from two thousand and sixteen, I think. Uh, uh, with you know research grants, uh, 
support for the test center, uh, different uh, different areas. Um, so I think that was some of the deciding points in in in, in the beginning. And then for our own, uh, you can say our own uh, test center here. Uh, we developed uh, these airspace boxes with the national authorities uh, at one point and got a, a, a good setup. So it's, it's, it's pretty easy to use. And there's a trust from authorities as well that, that when you operate here, uh, there's no air risk because other planes know they should stay away. Uh, so it's sort of part of the airspace system now that these corridors are, are being used. Right, that, that's something very interesting that you say trust of the authorities. Um, how did you how did you gain that trust? Yeah, I think it's a it's a combination of many things, but uh, sort of also a, a track record that that uh, I mean we had no uh, no incidents of any uh, you can say serious nature over so many years, uh, and that that uh, you know. Uh, it's it's known in uh, in uh, in the industry that pilots doesn't they don't always read their notams, but <laughs> but still uh, still uh, you know they know that these areas uh, could be active, and therefore they they of course they want to take care of themselves and and uh, and uh, if they haven't read a notam if that should happen uh, they call up the tower you know and ask uh, what's going on at the moment. So um, yeah, earlier I, I asked what were some key points that entered us into a new phase. Um, did you also over the years see some key po points where we screwed up, like things that we did and then thought, well, hmm, we shouldn't have done that? Yeah, definitely, definitely, I think. Uh, there's been married, some some I would like to mention and others, you know, <laughs> you, we wouldn't look too good probably if I did, but, but uh, of course we have had a lot of uh, learning along the way. Uh, so, so one thing also, of course, you know, uh, having the right competences, that's, it's, it's enormously important. Uh, and we probably always didn't. Um, uh, other things I would say is that, that uh, I think the whole sort of Western world industry, you know, realized that uh, many of the, 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 the mass produced smaller drones that we had maybe in many countries, I think, hoped that we could have some industry uh that didn't really happen in the scale that we hope for um so so that is also that still needs to be proven of course we've got many interesting companies and startups and as, as you have in, in belgium as well but but uh we are based in the middle of a robotics cluster where there has been some really really successful companies thousands of people developing collaborative robots but will that same success uh, spill over or happen in, in the drone area, that's still to be proven. I think we have some really, really good uh, prospects, you can say. But uh, yeah, uh, future will, will, will show. So I think that's, that's a major, I would say, thing where, where this uh, hockey stick uh, effect that everyone's hoping for, you know, has been delayed anyway. Um, I think it's it's a good time, and and we'll talk future maybe later. But but uh, just yesterday, I, I reread the, the the report from uh, Drone Industry Insights that you know investments is rising every year in the industry, and and I think that that's that one uh, factor that that also brings hope. So so it's not like a disillusionment that that you know uh, the hype is over, blah blah blah. 
but but actually uh, drone business is, is still growing and, and getting uh, sound and, and with new applications and and from a from a business perspective do you think we're still going to get that massive spike like that's going to change or do you think we're going to gradually keep growing like the aviation industry did um, back in the days i think maybe it'll be somewhere somewhere in between uh, uh, these these really crazy exponential growth rates someone will see them i think but but not as a, not as an industry average i don't think but of course, it's interesting to see uh, will use space be implemented uh, all across Europe uh, at one time, and, and will that just really release something? We hope, uh, but uh, remains to be seen, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, it will probably be with a couple of pitfalls before we we reach we reach success there. Um, what is what is in general what what does the market look like for test centers within Europe? Let's say, are there a lot, or is it like quite limited? Because I know in Belgium of two, I think. Um, but if you Google, for example, drone test centers, there's not that many that come up um, in Europe. Okay. Yeah, I'm not 100%. I just uh, left a couple of years and came back. Uh... 21 uh, so, so something might have happened there that, uh, that I'm not aware of but yeah I think many countries have uh, different kinds of, of setups some are privately owned uh, some is are, are public we are publicly owned here um, so there are probably a couple of places in each uh, country but very very different I think uh, and with a very very different uh, uh, you can say activity level uh, I think also that that that's uh, some started out uh, during the last years that 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 sort of uh, found out it was not you know customers didn't come running in uh, so I think someone also sort of recalibrated their expectations or maybe even closed uh, down. Yeah, yeah. What so, is? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I've been talking to some someone you know starting up centers in Europe, uh, calling and asking for advice or you know our ex experience and. And my uh, one of the advice was to sort of build it around the, the customer needs in the area and, and, and cater it for, you know, if they have a couple of uh, companies and, and, and try to make it for them in the beginning uh, instead of a more theoretical, uh, you can say, product-based approach. So, yeah. Yeah, I think... It, it's, it's, it's very good advice. A strategy that we use, for example, is we, we differentiate our products. We, we have our part that is focused on the drone market. That is because we want to be early in it because we're expecting the growth. But we have our part that is in the aviation market that is a proven steady market that is a lot easier to build a business inside of than, than in the drone market. Yeah, so it's a the, the drone area is more a development area, and 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 yeah, but you can base an, another part of the business somewhere else. Yeah, it's 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 not yeah development. Hmm. Um, I'm gonna think about it a little bit, and I'll come back to it later. How <laughs> yeah. I how I should best put it, um, because one of the things that I wanted to ask is what what does the operations look like. Um, at the US Denmark Test Center, how many operations do you have like a day or a month? Yeah, so we actually started uh, doing uh, statistics on it uh, last, oh, did probably last couple of years, but very, very uh, 
we've been very uh, serious about the last year and, and last year we had uh, between 1000 and 1100 i think it was uh, operations and that's that's you know when an operator goes out and say now we do this uh, test campaign and they might land or start 10 times but that's one operation still uh, and yeah so so that's about four five each work it's primarily working days um and and it's uh, uh, i think most of it is still uh, line of sight flights we have this box where you can fly up to uh, uh, 3500 feet um, and yeah some kilometers around here and, and it's mainly been visual line of sight but more and more they also test uh, beyond visual line of sight flights for logistic purposes or or just for uh, bigger platforms that do surveying uh, and fly a uh, hundred kilometers away. And so, so it's very, very different uh, users here. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think one of, one of your unique um, capabilities is probably that you have um, a part that is over the water as well. Um, because yeah, that we obviously don't really have that um, in Belgium. Um, when when it comes to these operations um obviously there's a lot of those products that are or a lot of those drones that are flying are still in its like early test and development stages um how do you handle the safety and risk concerns that come um with those developments you could say it's it's become uh, at the same time really easy and and complicated uh, the the easy part is that we have a pan european regulation so, so we run under the same uh, regulation as everyone else in Europe. Um, and when you fly open category, you can just uh, go out and fly here. You need uh, the only thing you need an, an operator's agreement with the airport. Uh, you need an, uh, sort of a, a mandatory three-hour course in how to communicate with the tower on the radio. We have just uh, 10 people sitting, sitting here next door now getting their update. Um, and, and then you can fly. And then, of course, when you go to a specific category, fly beyond visual line of sight and so on, you need uh, an approval from uh, Danish authorities or from your uh, uh, from your home country. Uh, okay. So, um, and, and, and what we do here, because we have a lot of experience with this, uh, I have colleagues that have been working with this also in a research environment for many years with the SORA. Uh, so we can sort of advise uh, clients here on, on how to best to present their, their their application, you can say, or where there are pitfalls and so on. So we do a little, uh, you can say, consulting as well, but but uh, primarily for uh, users here at the center. Yeah. Is it is it difficult to, to get the approval from the Danish authorities or not? I think it's... Uh, I, I, I think if, if the application is good, it's easy to get it. But of course, there's case handling time. I th think you see that all over Europe at the moment. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of implementing of, of uh, the new regulation of the use base coming up. So authorities are busy. Uh, but I think it's it's uh, OK here. And, and I could have a lot a good efforts being done also to bring down the case handling time and to have it like a transparent process so that that uh, applicants know, you know, where is my application? Uh, when can I expect an answer? And so on. So yeah, yeah. that's what yeah. we are for. Because of course, it's frustrating if you have to wait for several months. It, it definitely is. Um, 
but to put that into a bit of perspective um, i also talk with a lot of operators in south africa um, because they're they have a very developed market as well um, and they often have to wait two years to get their certificates to to go fly because of the slow administration so it's it's slow but it if you if you put it into perspective it's not always um the slowest ever um a more general question uh, maybe now is is what is, what is, what is one of the biggest challenges that, that you face right now so definitely our biggest challenge at the moment uh, uh you could say it's it's uh how do you put it in, in english it's, is it self-inflicted or how do you say it somehow uh is that that um i wouldn't say we have capacity issues but we as we definitely see the need to be able to handle manned and unmanned traffic here more uh, more flexibly um so we don't need to uh, we have different kinds of uh, notams that drones can operate under uh, some of them they are sure that they won't get interrupted while flying but sort of the daily standard notes and then you have to land if there's a plane coming in and that can be really disturbing so even if you're operating two meters over the ground three kilometers away in the other end of the runway you still need to put down your drone so yeah. so and that that's not really uh, it's it's a little bit uh, wouldn't say it's stupid but but it's a little bit uh, you know with a too big safety margin um so so we really work on how to be able to mix traffic here more flexibly uh so a little bit you know taking a digging into to utm or use space in a little bit in advance because we we simply need it uh because we delay some of our uh, man planes as well and and the other way around okay yeah i think um in the workshop from EASA that was a very big point the the flexible airspaces and and how how we were going to manage to integrate those two things um let me see and then yeah then again i think i mentioned that uh, earlier as well and then of course our big concern is how how will the uh, how will the industry develop and and we try to support and give them good conditions to work here but in the end you know it's it's the business owners themselves that uh, or the employees that decide how will it uh, how will it go hundred percent yes hundred percent um I see that we're almost running out of time but I have a couple of questions left um yeah what what do you think is gonna be the next big thing in the drone industry I, I, I don't know if I'm the right one to to uh, to ask about that but I, I, I think that it's what probably everyone, uh, a lot of other people would say. So, so of course, it's we see the the airspace integration and the the traffic management being a really key to the to the next level. We see bigger platforms also here. So platforms will grow. They will start flying with people. They will lift big objects for industry, um, definitely. And and then also some level of autonomy will will come. Uh, so we see all those drones in a box solutions uh, where you can the farmer can put a drone on his field uh, they will come up during the next years and and uh, yeah 
a lot of other uh, more uh, software related uh, things with AI and so on is of course massively important for surveying and so on. Do you think in the future, maybe the far future then, will evolve to a drone industry where there's no such thing as a drone pilot? Yeah, I think uh, that, that would be. You will probably call call them someone something else. I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what What is the goal for uh, for the UAS Denmark Drone Test Center um, for the next five years? What is your goal to achieve? Yeah, so uh, that would be asking our uh, owners, uh, which is the university and the city and the airport here, and what we as put in the world to do is uh, to uh, to support the, the growth of the ecosystem and also actually su to support the drone industry in, in, uh, in being more uh, used. So we, we try to support the drone usage and and also uh, thinking of, of, you can say, uh, the green transition and, and also supporting, uh, you can say, drones, drones for good, right? So yeah. I think if, if we succeed uh, on those, uh, parameters uh, we will we will still uh, continue working and and you can say is a test center is that only for you know for the beginning of an industry but i don't think so i think uh, you know you need to test and develop mature technologies as well and you need also there's still some value of being part of an ecosystem with you know you can find your employees you can talk to the researchers etc of course of course there will always be a need for test centers because Otherwise, we would just be satisfied with the evolution that we achieved and there would be no more need for testing. And I don't think that's not really a human thing to do. Um, Michael, do you have anything that you want to promote yourself? Um, anything that you want to talk about? <laughs> well, you know, we 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 like having activity here, so so I'd, I like to reach out to uh, to company that could be international companies as well. That say, okay, how could it be to operate in Europe? Um, and and you need an a, a European approval, so you could get it in Belgium or you could get it in, in Denmark. You need somewhere to to get an approval, uh, and then you can operate all over Europe. I think that's attractive as well uh, to be able to do it like that. Absolutely. Otherwise, I don't think uh, maybe we will uh, meet with Hydronet somewhere else in the future. Let's hope. Let's hope. Um, Michael, and thank you so much uh, for joining me. It was uh, it was really a pleasure meeting you.